talk tonight on this topic, catch the wind of the Spirit. Catch the wind of the Spirit. You know, every one of us here have heard the promptings of the Holy Spirit, even if you don't know who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible says that we need to realize that the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit needs to be with each of us. And so God doesn't just have love, he is love, and he wants to give us that love. Jesus Christ came to earth to die, to show us how to live, to pour out his grace, to say, you can't earn your way to God, I want to pay the price so you can come to God. And then Jesus himself said, I want you to wait and pray this prayer, come Holy Spirit, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he is going to come and live with you, and talk with you, and show you how to live. Isn't that cool? And so the Holy Spirit is the one who wants to come and to walk with us. The reason I know each one of us have received the prompting of the Holy Spirit is we're here. You might not yet have opened the door. The Bible says that Jesus knocks on the door of our heart. And there's only a handle on one side, your side. And he says, hey, I'd love to come in and to live with you. And we're the only one that can open that door and invite him to come in. Isn't that wonderful? So some of you are thinking, I don't know if I can, I haven't opened that door yet. Well, tonight could be the night that you open the door. And so it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that to us. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals our need of Jesus. When we come into a relationship with Jesus, it's because the Holy Spirit shows us that we need it. You know, I remember when I was a kid watching a movie, and um, it was a black and white movie back then in a church, and I came home and I said to my dad, I'm lost. There was this lady and it was all black and she was just lost. And I had this realization that was me. And I said to my dad, I'm just lost. And he said, well, do you want to invite Jesus to come into your life? Do you want to be found? Do you want to be adopted into his family? I said, yeah, I do. And I just remember him praying with me. And, and ever since then, I know that I'm a part of God's family that I've been adopted into his family. And it's the Holy Spirit who's been able to show me more about how to follow Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that's been able to walk with me and, and talk. The Bible says that he's our comforter, our counselor, and our guide into all truth. And so we don't always recognize his voice. I'm an old person. In the old days, they used to have these phones that were fixed to the wall. And you would answer the phone and there was no caller ID. I know, amazing. And people would say hello, and you would have to recognize their voice. And the first few times that someone rang you, you didn't know who they were, but after a time, you got to recognize their voice. Now we have caller ID, and we don't know how anyone sounds, and we certainly don't know their number. Uh, you don't remember it. But what happens is we learn to recognize the voice of God. We learn to recognize the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I am not a brave person. I am one of those people, I do not go on roller coasters, I don't, you know, do any, I don't like doing scary stuff. You know, it's not me. My daughter just worked out recently that I don't even really like escalators. You know, I kind of sit there and go, now, I don't talk about my fears, but they're there. But following Jesus has been the most interesting life. I've been shot at. That was, that was interesting. We were going along a, 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 in, in, a, in Nigeria. We were going through a village, and this couple of hundred guys came the other way, and they were high on something and shooting guns, and they started shooting at us and following us, which was kind of unexpected. I remember being in the Congo, up on the Congo-Rwanda border, which is kind of a war zone. It's, it's, you really shouldn't go there. I don't really know 
Anyway, I ended up there. And I remember being there and we were having um, dinner one night and we came out of this place and I had a guard with me and a few other people and there was a guard at the door of this restaurant and this guy just comes running at me with a knife, you know? And I just kind of looked at him. And as it turns out, so did everybody else, just stood there. And he came about maybe, maybe a few feet away and he was just going like this with a knife and then he just, it was like he hit a wall and he just bounced back, totally unconscious. And the, the guy from the restaurant just gets up and drags him off and sticks him, you know, in, a, in, in somewhere. And I, I said to my guard, where were you? <laughs> and he goes, oh, I think the angels had it. So I thought, yeah, I don't have to pay them. <laughs> I've had some interesting experiences, not because I'm brave, but because I want to be a person that listens to the Holy Spirit that I just want to catch the wind of what the Holy Spirit is doing. If you've got your Bibles, which is good, it's a good thing to have in church. In Mark chapter 1, verse 4, says this, This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. He was an interesting character. I don't reckon we'd have him, you know, <laughs> have him preach in our church. I mean, there's a guy called Bear Grylls who's got some stuff to do with Alpha and um, invited him to come to Australia. And so we did this sort of hookup thing with Hillsong Church a few years ago where we live linked and crashed websites. It was interesting. And, you know, they've got this hospitality team and they rang me up and said, oh, we've got this guy Bear Grylls coming. What does he eat? I said, have you watched his show? Because I didn't know who he was, so I had to watch the show. He eats bugs, he drinks his own urine. I reckon whatever you give him is fine. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> yeah, people can be interesting, can't they? And John the Baptist was a little like that. But John says, hey, someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater, I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie his sandals. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. And one day Jesus came along, it says in um, Mark chapter 1, 9 and 10, and as he was getting baptized, it says the heavens opened and the spirit descended like a dove and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And you know, before we had churches, before we had labels, before we had Catholic or Anglican or you know, Church of Christ or whatever, Hillsong, whatever our labels are, there was just one prayer that Jesus recommended we pray. And it's just three words. So I wonder if we could kind of start my talk tonight. In case you're wondering, I have started, I've realized that. But you know, I wonder if we could just pray. Would that be okay? And I'm standing up, so why don't you? Why don't you just stand up with me? And here's, we're going to pray this prayer. It's really complicated. Three words. Come, Holy Spirit. Reckon you could do that? Yep. Memorize it? And we're just going to pray it a few times, and we're going to wait and allow him to come. Now, what I'm going to suggest is this. That you close your eyes, not because there's anything special about that, but I'm so devastatingly attractive that I'm probably... <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't lie in front of Jesus. <laughs> Just because it gives us that moment of privacy. And I'm going to suggest, if you'd like to, that you raise your hands. There's nothing magical about raising their hands. It's a sign of openness to God. It's like father, it's like a kid putting their hands up to God. It's like someone saying, I need help. I always find it better than this. Get me if you have to. You know, people who just go, oh, yes, I want God, but... Ugh. Now, you can either put your hands up here, you can put them down here, you can kind of just, just turn the hands over if you want to. It's just a posture that says we're open. Why don't we do it together? And let's just pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, 
Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We sang that song before about God is madly in love with you, so fear not. And we, I just want to pray for people today who just, you just need God to help you out with fear. You can just raise your hands a bit more if you want. I know that's brave, but it's the beginning of just being open. God, I just pray that tonight you will baptise us with some courage. We want to be people who see your word that says fear not and walk in that, to believe that greater is your love in us than the fear that we have, that you don't give us a spirit of fear, but you give us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and we just receive that. You know, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I wonder if by an act of faith, you just, just breathe in the Holy Spirit. Just take some breaths. God, I just breathe in your love. I breathe in your courage. When I was, um, when I was two, they said that I had some problems with my eyes. And it was before glasses were cool. And so I had these Coke bowl glasses from the time I was two to the time I was 13. When I was 13, I was in a meeting just like this, and um, someone prayed for me. Uh, someone stuck their hand on my back prayed for me. I don't know who it was. And I went away and I just had shocking headaches, really bad headaches for weeks. And I would just come home from school, I'd be just filled with headaches and it was devastating and no one could work out what was wrong. And one day I was in class and I took my glasses off and the headaches went because God had healed my sight. And the reason I was getting headaches was because those glasses were too strong for me. It's not it's not who prays for us. It's who they pray to. It's who they pray to. And we're going to pray. Perhaps you have a need in your life today. Maybe it's, maybe it's your eyes. For me, I sat in a doctor's surgery 19 years ago, and they said you will be dead in less than one year because I had such a big tumour. And God just did a miracle. It's a long story. But I'm here today because God is able to heal. I could tell you all sorts of stories. But if you, if you need healing in your body right now, or you know someone else that does, could you just put your hand up like this? We're going to pray with you. Just stick your hand up. Great. Now, you guys are pretty smart. You can do this. I would love to see someone put a hand on those people's shoulder. Okay? So if you've got a hand raised, you can put a hand on the person's shoulder next to you because you've got two. Okay? Just put a hand on their shoulder. That hand is saying... I am agreeing tonight. Oh, good, I love it when people move. Fantastic. <laughs> and I'll pray, and that hand on the shoulder is us uniting our faith together. Father, I thank you that you are the God who heals. Lord Jesus, thank you in the cross. There's provision for our sin, for our sickness, for our grief and our pain. And we just put hands on shoulders today, and we ask for your healing power. We don't know the situations, but you do. You do. Just like we prayed before for the needs people have written down, we pray now for these needs. We ask that you would do a miracle. We ask for life. 
where people have had diagnosis of death, we ask for your life and your life in abundance. With those who have thought, like I did, that they would never have a child, Lord, we pray for the gift of life. For those of us who are in situations where we just don't know what to do, we ask that you would come and bring your healing power. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Well done. I want to talk tonight about the symbols of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works. And the reason to do this is because when the Bible has... When I went to my optometrist, when I turned, when I, when I was sort of 45, and um, I had to get glasses, I said, but God healed my eyes. He said, yes, but he didn't stop you aging. <laughs> Was that rude? What kind of, yeah, anyway. So hence I have reading glasses, in case you're thinking, hang on, she just told us that. And I know, it's sad. The Holy Spirit, there are symbols in the Bible of the Holy Spirit. And the idea of those symbols is not, is not to go, oh, isn't that lovely? It's to realize this is how the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life. First symbol of the Holy Spirit is it says the Holy Spirit comes as rain. He wants to come as rain. You know, rain talks about restoration, talks about soaking, talks about bringing new life, to bring a refreshing where there's been hardness and dryness. You know, sometimes living a life of faith is just hard work. I don't know if you find like that. But sometimes we just need to ask the Holy Spirit, would you come and bring refreshing? Would you come and bring restoration where there's been loss? You know, there are times when God speaks to us about things and it feels like he's forgotten. When I was 13, which is a great age to be, I was in the back of the car and I think I had a vision because I was awake and I saw myself preaching in Africa, which is kind of pretty cool, right? So I said to my parents, I'm going to be a missionary in Africa. And they were so narrow. They said, no, no, you've got to finish school. You know, people try and crush your dreams. You know, no, no, you've got to finish high school. I was 13, I had this picture, and I was ready to go. No clue what I was going to do there, but, you know, I was ready to go. So along the way, I got a bit older, and I thought, no, 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 I want to make some money. So I did commerce and law at uni and did a few things and ended up, you know, God spoke to me, and I had to go and work for the church for nothing, which tends to be what happens, and um, ended up becoming a pastor and all sorts of things. And one day, God spoke to me about getting involved in prisons in Nigeria. I knew it was God, because you know when the Holy Spirit starts to talk to you about something? Firstly, it lifts up Jesus, it's according to the word, and it's something you would never have thought of yourself. So I'm like, do I look like I want to go to prisons in Nigeria? I don't even know where Nigeria is. So I just, it just kept coming back. I found a guy that had done some prison work in Nigeria. So I said, let's sponsor you. Got, got the church excited. You know, have all those missions things and they raise money. It's all lovely. And so it's like, we're going to support this. We're going to support this. We're going to support this. And then he just quit on me. Have you ever noticed when you're following God's plan, other people just do what you don't want them to do? So he said, no, 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 I'm not going to be involved. The only thing I think is you should go. I should go. I don't even know where Nigeria is. So I looked on a map, and I was going to be in Denmark speaking at a conference, and Nigeria was only this far away. <laughs> and so I thought, ah, I'll just pop on down. So I, um, I was flying into Lagos, and um, I decided to stay there for a night at a hotel, and I, I cannot describe what it was like to fly into Lagos. That was just, anyway, I flew in there, and I'm getting this little van, and I'm the only person in the van going to this Sheraton Hotel, which is a, a name I recognised. And, um, and all the rest were airline crew. And they're like, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I've just come to visit. No one visits here. Well, I'm actually going to visit a prison. And then no one spoke to me. 
So when I got into the hotel, they had this guard, no kidding, with a gun outside of the door of my hotel room. And I'm like, is he, is he protecting me from them? Or is he protecting them from me? Like, it was a really strange thing. So anyway, I stayed at that hotel. The next day, I get on another flight to go to this place where I'm just going to give some money to a prison chaplain and get the heck out of there. So I fly on this plane. I'm on this plane going to Benin City. Who the heck knows where it is? And I'm thinking, how are they going to recognise me when I get off the plane? I look around. I'm the only female on the plane. I'm the only white person. I reckon they'll find me. So I get off the plane. I meet these people. We're kind of all nervous. See, following God's plan is not always simple. It's not always easy, and he doesn't give you the detail. You know, he says, hey, Joseph, all your brothers are going to bow down to you. It's going to be great. And next thing, he's in a prison with his brothers killing him. Like, that detail was ignored. (laughs) And so I'm there, and I meet these people, and they said, oh, come with us. And so I go with them, and we go to this compound, and there's these big buildings. And I said, where are we? And they muttered something. So I went into this building and there's two and a half thousand um, you know, Nigerians worshipping God and dancing and it's fantastic, it's so much fun. And there's this big stage and we walk up on the stage and there's a white guy and it turns out he's Australian. So I hug him, we bond, best friends. And he goes, it's so good to have you here. I said, good to be here. Not, not really knowing where he was. He goes, yes, yes, great to have you at our Bible college. Oh, Bible college, yeah, yeah, good. And he goes, looking forward to hearing you preach today. Said me too. So I borrowed a Bible off someone because <laughs> no one said anything about preaching. I'm just there to give some money, right? It's really interesting how God has a different plan to us. So anyway, I preach. I'm in the middle of preaching. I'm 40, 39 years old. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is the beginning of the dream you had when you were 13. I'd forgotten about the dream. But God doesn't. He remembers every dream. And you know, one of the things the Holy Spirit does, he brings back to remembrance dreams. He brings back to remembrance prayers that we prayed. He brings back the cries of our heart. And so I'm there, and at the end of it, you know, I meet this prison chaplain who's a lovely fellow, never travelled anywhere, just, you know, is delighted to see me, wants to know all about Austria, where I've never been. But Australia, Austria, it's all the same. Um, and so he said, you know, come with me. So I get in a car and we barely understand each other. He said, we're going to meet the general who's in charge of prisons. I thought, why? So he said, I said, okay, anything I should know. Yes, if they give you food, eat it. Okay, so now I have my whole mission. We come to this garrison. Oh, and he said, and the general is Muslim. Okay, so we go to this garrison thing and there's all these people. You know, I've always been anti-guns, but boy, you can change your mind in some places. And um, so there's all these people with guns and, you know, we meet this guy and we shake his hand and there's, you know, 15 of them and there's me and there's Artie, and, um, who's the prison chaplain, and they give me this drink and it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. So I'm trying to drink the drink and we're talking and I'm drinking the drink and we're talking. I have no clue what I said. And um, at the end of it, I finally drunk the drink and we stand up and we take the photos and we, you know, got the flags and we're driving away. And Artie says, that was a miracle. And I said, I know, I drank the drink. <laughs> and he said, he, he, he always just looks at me and ignores me. And he said, no, no, women aren't allowed in prisons in Nigeria. And I said, good rule. <laughs> and he said, you know, but he has realised that you are sent from God. So you are allowed to go into any prison in Nigeria. I said, I don't want to go into any prison in Nigeria. He goes, come. So we're outside this maximum security prison. And um, 
And I'm there thinking, should I text my husband? I'm going into a prison somewhere outside of Benin, wherever that is. You know, what, what do you do? So I hand over my handbag, which is the hardest thing. I hand over my handbag, you've got to go in there. They give me my whole prison training. The prison training is this, stay near the guard, don't touch anything. Well, I'm barely touching myself, right? It's so dirty, it's so full of germs, it's just not hygienic. And you know, the guard is my best friend. I am just like here with the guard. And um, Artie goes, come on, we're gonna go to the condemned men. I said, oh, of course we are. Let's, let's start with the people on death row. Um, so we walked there, the singing and worship here today was fantastic, but that was better. Here's a group of guys that are locked in a cell. They can't even all sit down at one time. They have to take in their shifts to sit down or to get any kind of sleep. They're locked in there for 23 hours a day. Most of them now would be dead. And we go to this cell and he asked me to speak. The only other thing they've said is don't touch the prisoners. Well, you know, they don't need to say that. So I just shared and said, God loves you so much. He sent me all the way from Austria or Australia and just to tell you not forgotten, that God loves the poor, prisoners are the poorest of the poor, that your name is tattooed on the palm of his hand. They had written on their cell, Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. Life in abundance, in a cell. We don't even get to go outside, in a cell. So I remember as I was going or getting to go, they have these, I was behind bars, and I just thought Holy Spirit say, I'm pretty sure this was Holy Spirit, because I would never have thought of this myself. Um, just shake their hands. I don't want to shake their hands. You shake their hands. I'm going to shake my, their hands through you. <laughs> use someone else. I have, I have a lot of prayers that start with, please use someone else. Um, but I prayed prayers like, just as I am. I have decided to follow Jesus. You know, God listens to that stuff. I'll go wherever you want me to go. So you should put clauses in, except for prisons. And so I just put my hand through the bars and shook their hands. Said, God loves you. You're not forgotten. See you in heaven. And so I've been to many, 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 many prisons since then. We've, you know, I've sent an email to a few people and said, hey, we're wanting a printing press if anyone's got one spare. Who knew that there was a guy in New South Wales who wasn't a Christian who thought it was a good idea? So we put a printing press over there and got correspondence studies and put them in prisons and just did a whole lot of stuff. And um, trained hundreds of pastors have come out of that, of that prison system. Why? Because the Holy Spirit whispers. He just wants to prompt us. He's got a master plan. When we talk about rain, it's about being refreshed. It's about saying, God, help me to be fresh, to do what you want me to do. The Holy Spirit comes as rivers. He comes as rivers. Rivers are channels or places of refreshing where God wants to flow through us to reach other people. He wants his blessing to flow through us. I was in Adelaide, I'm not exactly sure why, but I was walking through a shopping center and there was a guy sitting there, was obviously a surfer dude, he looked really cool and he had the big beats and everything. And, um, and I walked past and there was something about him that you know, I just felt, oh, I should talk to that guy. And you know how you're looking at him and, and he's doing everything he can not to look at me? You know, because you don't want old women in the shopping center coming up to you. Like, that's kind of not what happens. So I kind of went up to him and stood in front of him, ready to talk to him. And, you know, I'm standing right in front of him, and he's like this. <laughs> he just did not want to see me. So I just pulled one of the headphones aside, not recommending it, and said, hello. <laughs> Put it back. Mm. How are you? <laughs> mm. 
So then he worked out I wasn't going away till we had a conversation. So he put his headphones off down. I said, look, I believe in God, which is really an interesting opening line. And he just didn't say anything. And I said, I just, I just felt like God wants me to pray for you. Is that okay? Can I pray for you? And he didn't say no, and it was sort of a grunt, which is like a teenage yes. And so I just you know, put my hand on his shoulder, you know, between here and here. This, this place part's normally good, but he had nice muscles, so I put it there. <laughs> it was easier. Reaching down is a bit, is a bit can be tricky. So I just put my hand on his shoulder and I just, I keep my eyes open because if he calls security, it's a good idea. And um, I just said, dear God, thank you for this young man here. I prayed a couple of things for him, but one of them was, I just thank you that you care about his sister. And I just asked that you would help her through this scenario and help this new scenario (laughs) through this time. Um, And just pray that you'll be with him and, you know, the end of it, I said in Jesus' name, because it's really good to introduce people to Jesus. You know, there's not hope in God, there's hope in Jesus. He's the way. And then I say amen, because that's the end. People feel a bit... <sighs> anyway, he's like... <laughs> Why did you pray for my sister? I don't know, God just told me to. He must care about you and just want to give you a message. Think about that. And then I left. Now, lots of people judge me. Why didn't you stay and lead him to Jesus? Because I... That's not what I was told to do. I was told to pray for him. You see, our research says that it takes at least 12 plus connections for someone to come to faith. So we need to keep connecting with people and connecting with people, and then when they're ready, they'll come to faith. We are links in the chain that are drawing people to faith. We just need to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. His river of life wants to flow through us. I didn't feel anything when I prayed for him. I very rarely feel anything when I pray for people. Good on you if you do. But I don't think I've had a scenario where I've prayed for people in workplaces. Cafes are my favourite, um, although supermarkets, probably because I seem to spend time there. Okay. And I've nev- I haven't had a situation where the person I've prayed for has ever got upset, tried to hit me or called security. I keep expecting it, because that's what I would do. And there's not been a time where someone hasn't been visibly moved. You see... Jesus was moved with compassion and he touched people. And so the Holy Spirit, the river of God, flows through us, flows through us. He comes as oil. He comes as oil to bring, make us sensitive, to make us open to his plan and purposes. He comes as oil of rejoicing for those who are sad, for those who are in situations. He comes as wine. The Bible talks about he comes as new wine. He comes to fill us up with his fresh hope. He comes to fill us up with his purpose and with his plan. He comes as fire. The Holy Spirit comes as fire to consume the things in our life that are holding us back, to consume the sins and the things that have just got their grip on us. He comes as a dove. Sometimes there are times when the Holy Spirit just comes upon us like he did with Jesus, and he's just saying to us, you're my beloved child who I'm well pleased. You see, it was the Holy Spirit saying through Pastor Steve today, nothing can separate us from God's love. If God is for us, who can be against us? That was just the Holy Spirit wanting to remind us. The Holy Spirit comes as wind. Comes as wind. You know, there's this guy in John 3, and he's a religious person, and he goes, my friends can help. Now, go for it. And he comes, this, this guy called Nicodemus, and he comes and he asks Jesus, you know, what must I do to be saved? How can I come to know God? And he goes, you know the wind? You don't understand where it comes from, and you don't understand where it goes. 
But just because you don't understand it doesn't mean there's not wind. Do you know there is currents in this building all the time? And when we start throwing around the bubbles, we start to realize, oh, there's wind, there's things happening. The Holy Spirit comes as wind that the little bubbles that are our life can catch and cooperate with what he's doing. You see, God wants us to cooperate with his spirit. I know. Can we just put them away till after church? Because otherwise all the bubbles will run out. As soon as church is finished, you can bubble away. Is that all right? Oh, well, whoever the bubble operators say you can. <laughs> We catch the wind of the Spirit. Do you know most of our prayer life is about, God, would you bless my plans? Why don't we pray, God, help me to cooperate with your plans. Help me to catch where you are moving. Help me to catch the wind of your Spirit. I've learned a lot by serving different parts of the church, one of which is the Catholic Church, and I did a silent retreat. Again, not something that is part of you know, my normal operation. And as part of the silent retreat, you're encouraged to ask yourself certain questions, Ignatian's spirituality, which is where was God at work today? And did I cooperate? Where, to think back on your day and go, where was God at work? Oh, maybe that was God prompting me to talk to the guy with the beats. Oh, maybe God did want me to just sit down and talk to that kid that was by themselves. Oh, maybe God. And we start to learn where was God at work and how can I cooperate with it? How can I, do you know that there is a plan and a purpose before you were born? And there's a plan and purpose after. You see, we are part of God's master plan. And the intersection of where our pathway and others meet is guided by the wind of the Spirit. There's this guy called Philip, and he's preaching to all these people, and everything's amazing. And then God says to him, no, go down this path. And he's walking down this path, and there's one guy in a chariot, a black guy, and he's just reading. And Philip's like, I was talking to thousands. And now I'm just here. And he starts walking alongside the chariot. He doesn't get into the chariot and say, listen, do you know that I'm Philip and I've just been doing these speaking tours and I'm amazing. He listens to what the Ethiopian is doing. And he says to him, do you understand what's happening? And the guy goes, no, I don't really. Would you like help? Actually, I would. And he gets up and he sits down next to him and he starts explaining it such that this guy later on says, hey, can I get baptised? You see, we need to cooperate where God is working. Who are the people that he wants us to reach out to? How does he want us to be involved? When I first went to university, I was the first person in my church way back in the dark ages to go to university. And people said to me, don't go to university, you'll lose your faith. And I remember saying, what if other people gain faith? <sighs> You see, we're just called to, to cooperate with God's plan. I remember when I, I was in a girls' school and um, I got a, a scholarship to go to this girls' school. It was very nice, but I thought, I really need to help my friends come to know Jesus, but I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. So I found out there's this group called ISCF, which no one really knew what it stood for, but I knew that the C was Christian. Who knows what the rest of it was? And it was at the boys' school. And if there's one thing girls like, it's boys'. So I said to my friends, oh, I found this club called ISCF, and I think we should all join it. And they go, what is it? I said, it's at the boys' school. Well, what do you do there? It's at the boys' school. What happens? It's at the boys' school. So that 
great, it's at the boys' school. So we went down to the boys' school and we started going to this group called ISCF and, you know, it just seemed a mystery what happened. And I, I left that school at the end of the year. Three years later, one of my friends rang me up and she goes, why didn't you bleep bleep tell me? And I go, tell you what? She said, about Jesus. I went to a camp with that ISCF and I found out about Jesus and I came to know him and all of my friends. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? that God has a plan for a life. And isn't it dreadful that I didn't tell her? <laughs> but I did what I could. I just reached out and did what I could. We are called to catch the wind and just do what we're supposed to do and let the other bubbles come and do what they're supposed to do. I remember a guy um, who was involved in, I, I, with another, young, another guy called Mal Fletcher, um, we hosted at my house back when I was first married a group of people that started an organisation called Youth Alive. And, you know, so it was fun to see you guys talk about being at Youth Live. It's like, oh, wow. Um, we thought it was, at the time, we were trying to, wondering if it was a good name, wondering whether it would last, and it's like, wow, it's still going. 30-something years later, fantastic, fantastic. And we just thought, what could we do? And so we just decided to start having some events. We had not a clue what we were doing. We would be out the back praying that the offering was big enough to pay for the night. But you see, we were just catching the wind of what God wanted to do. And one of the youth, I keep various times getting on Youth Alive boards for various reasons. And the last time I was on it, this guy said to me, I'm sick of telling young people they can change the world and not telling them how. And so we started to say, what if we had youth alphas where people came along to church and, and they did alpha in their youth group. And then we said, now, the best place to run alpha is in your school at lunchtime. Why don't we have a lunchtime thing? You know, get your youth pastor, because they've got lots of money, or get Pastor Steve, who's got access to money, and say, you know, why don't we buy donuts? You know, because what, what do kids at school like? Donuts, pizza, chocolate, all the illegal stuff. And let's go and let's have some food, let's watch a video, and let's chat. And let's see if God wants to start a revolution at our high school. Why don't we get involved with that? Why don't we start just where we can? You know, when I was in year 12, I went to a boys' school because I'd been at a girls' school, so why not? Um, there was 20 girls of us there. It wasn't just me. And I remember going to school and thinking, how can I have an influence? So people, you know, were talking about, you know, evolution and creation was a big thing. So we just did an evolution and, hey, if you want to talk about this, come along to a lunchtime program. I invited the chaplain, which was kind of interesting because he wasn't sure who Jesus was, wasn't really sure if any of the Bible was true. Like, he wasn't that helpful. But anyway, we had him along. We had about 60 or 70 people there. We talked about creation evolution. I had no clue what I was saying. I didn't even convince myself. But you know what happens? We started to have spiritual conversations. We started to have, you know, took a whole bus from there to the Youth Alive thingamajig. You know, we started to just reach out and sow seeds. I don't know if anyone came to faith, but we were catching the wind of what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. What's the Holy Spirit wanting to do in your life? You see, he's not someone who comes and commands. He comes as a dove. He comes as oil. He comes gently. He doesn't come with a loud voice. He comes with a gentle prompting. He comes with a prompting that says, how can you catch the wind of the Spirit? How can you cooperate? Do you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to work in your life tonight and in my life tonight and to show us how to follow his plans. I'll ask the band to come up because they were great. Why don't you stand with me as we're just going to close in prayer in a moment. And we're going to believe God that the Holy Spirit wants to come in particular ways into your life tonight. Perhaps you're in a situation where you go, I could just really do with some refreshing. I could just do with some rain. I could allow the Holy Spirit to soak you. 
Perhaps you're saying, I need the Holy Spirit. I need his rivers to flow through me. I don't want to be just a consumer that just receives from God. I want to be someone that, that reaches out. I want to be someone that just is open to see God's hand come to other people. I want him to anoint me with oil, just to know that he is with me. I want him to, to refine my life with fire. I want to catch the wind of the Spirit. I want to catch the wind of the Spirit. Every morning, I get my diary, and I say, God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing today. What questions do you want me to ask? Holy Spirit, I've got all these counselling appointments. I'm useless at counselling. I'm not good at this stuff. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? I just open my diary up and say, hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And sometimes he'll show me something, and sometimes he won't. But I'm seeking to cooperate with his plan. At the end of the day, where was God at work? And how can I learn to recognise that more? How can I learn to recognise that more? How can I not walk past someone in a supermarket? How can I know that it's God so that I go to Nigeria? I remember when I went to the Congo the first time and I, I said to, the guy asked me to go to the Congo and I thought, no way. But anyway, I said, oh, look, I'll go and ask my husband. So I asked my husband, who's just really protective and wonderful, and I just knew that he'd say no. And I'm off the hook, right, because I'm under authority. And he said, actually, three generations ago, a guy came to stay at my grandfather's house and asked him to send missionaries to the Congo. And he said no. And this guy painted a picture of the Congo. And, um, and John was just a kid. He was about 14. And he said, it just captured my attention. And so he said, when we got married, I bought that picture. Do you remember it? Not really. Most of the pictures you bought are still in the cupboard. So we went to the cupboard and got it out. And it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a picture of the Congo painted. And he said, this man said, maybe you or one of your descendants one day we'll go to the Congo. And I said, but I'm not a descendant, I'm just married in. He said, you have the name. <laughs> Three generations before, someone had prayed that from this family, someone would go to the Congo. We are the recipients of others' prayer. And we are responsible to pray and to be open to what God's plan is. We're just going to do what we did before, it's not that hard. We're going to open our hands. We're going to say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring back to remembrance dreams. Things that we saw when we were younger or along our journey. Prayers that we prayed. Holy Spirit, I just believe it's a, a time, it's a season in this church now of those, those dreams just being revived. It's time. It's like me seeing something at 13, but at 39, not wanting to do it, but knowing it's God. Holy Spirit, we are open to the things that, that others have prayed. God, send someone. God, send someone. God, send someone. Holy Spirit, maybe we're the one. Maybe we're the one. Maybe we're the one. Holy Spirit, we don't know everything that we can do at our schools. Would you help us just do something? 
We'll just open our eyes, maybe to invite people to a group or, I don't know, something. Lord, would you pray that in our university that we will be your representative? Would you lead us to the right people? Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to the harvest field? We want to be workers in your harvest field. There are people that need us to move them around the clock face of faith. There are people that need us to say hello to them. There are people that need us to reach out our hand and pray for them. There are people in strange places that need us to come and visit them. There are seeds that need to be sown continuously by us. And you will water and God will give the increase. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? I love the fact that this church likes to do everything in in community. It's one of your values. I just want to pray one last prayer. I hope this is okay with you. I'm leaving town tomorrow. Would you just put your hand on the shoulder of the person on either side of you? You see, we're like a, a team, a good team, not Melbourne football team. But we're like a team. We're gathering here today and we're getting our game plan and we're getting refreshed and we're doing that. But tomorrow we're going out on the field. Tomorrow we're going to school or to university. We're going to our workplaces. We're going to the shopping centres. We're going to the places where life happens. We just pray for the person on the left and right of us. We just pray that you'll be with them, that you will help them to invite to Alpha, bring along to the festival, pray for. Holy Spirit, would you be with them? Would you be with them? Would you ask, would you help them with the questions to ask? Would you help them with who they need to pray for? Would you help them show light and love? And I pray that we will be little bubbles catching the wind of the Spirit. I pray it in Jesus' name.